0: Hi, I'm Mike Field. Good, I'm Mike Butler. It's October. You know what that means? A whole nother month of forgotten horror. That's right. We're bringing you four new forgotten horror flicks for your listening pleasure. Mike, what are they? John Carpenter's Vampires, The House with a Clock in Its Walls, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, and the 2013 remake of Evil Dead. Ooh, sounds spooky. It is spooky. Stake your calendar every Wednesday in October as we bring you the spookiest in forgotten cinema. Forgotten horror, everybody. Get some. the glorious cracking one open with mike
1: and i'm sorry I, I broke the
0: you did can you put like the the masterpiece theater music behind that
1: yeah yeah i like that
0: all right thank you sure. <laughs> on this awesome no wait on this great episode <laughs> of Kraken one open what are we drinking <laughs>
1: This week, we are cracking open the great pumpkin ale (laughs) from Cambridge Brewing Company, which is located in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Shocker, I know. It was established in 1989 and has been at the forefront of the pub brewery movement, serving up traditional, locally sourced and seasonally inspired New England fare. And of course, creating high quality craft beer. Ooh. Uh, So as I mentioned, ingredients for their food are gathered as locally as possible, um, but they are just a very eco-conscious brewery in general, which we're seeing more and more of, I think. CBC strives to be earth-friendly and sustainable and to create zero waste, so they recycle and compost everything they can. Hmm. Spent grain from the brewing process is used by animal feed by local farmers. And they also conserve and reuse water from the brewing process where they can. And they are, this sounds very familiar as well, lately, located in a refurbished mill building. So CBC prides themselves on a wide array of traditional, new American and experimental beer styles. Fun fact, they were actually the first commercial brewery in America to produce a Belgian beer.
0: Really? Yeah. It took all the way until... Sometime after 1989 to do that, actually Apparently. Interesting.
1: Um, their barrel cellar was also one of the first of its kind for both creating wood-aged beers and utilizing local flora to enhance flavors. They've won a lot of national and international awards for a number of different styles of beer, from porter to stout to barley wine to pilsner to spiced beers, to uh, mixed culture brettes. So it's not even like they have a specialty. They're just really good at making beer. (laughs) Um, Apparently, their brewmaster also makes sake and wine at home, just like for fun. (laughs) Uh, So let's get into the beer. CBC was the first New England craft brewery to produce a pumpkin ale. And from what I understand, Great Pumpkin Ale has been around since 1990 and they still use the original recipe.
0: Ooh.
1: So let's step in the way back machine for a moment because beer brewed with pumpkins has been technically been around since the days of colonial New England when brewers often had to supplement the traditional barley and hops with other ingredients that were more readily available. Pumpkins are a native plant and malt was not, always easy to come by, so fermentable sugars had to be found where they could. And in the first pumpkin beers, the meat of the pumpkin actually took the place of malt entirely.
0: Too in- pumpkiny. i I'm sorry. <laughs> too, too much.
1: <laughs> in fact, the popularity of pumpkin, not only in brewing, but just in general as a food source, was a key subject of a satirical song that has become known as America's first folk song written in 1643. I don't have a tune to go by, but the lyrics go like this.
0: <laughs> in, Can I drop should I drop a beat for you?
1: I'd prefer you not. <laughs> That's a little too much pressure. <laughs> Instead of pottage and puddings and custards and pies, our pumpkins and parsnips are common supplies. We have pumpkin at morning and pumpkin at noon. If it was not for pumpkins, we should be undone. Hey, down, down, hey, down, dairy down.
0: (laughs) Hey, down, down, hey, down, dairy
1: down. (laughs) If barley be wanting to make into malt, we must be contented and think it no fault, for we can make liquor to sweeten our lips of pumpkin and parsnips and walnut tree chips. Somebody make a song out of that. (laughs) (laughs) So in a history of Connecticut published in 1791 and aimed at a British audience that wasn't familiar with all things pumpkin as we are. It was noted just how versatile pumpkins were (laughs) slash are. They can be used to make bread, custards, sauce, molasses, vinegar, pies, and not just any beer, but good beer it's true. Yeah. Well, I I wonder what the Blue Laws were like at that point.
0: Blue Laws? This was the old days. This is the pilgrim times. (laughs) This is the drink yourself silly times. (laughs) Which is ironic because they were the most religious. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So pumpkin beer continued to be a staple throughout the 18th century, but its popularity began to wane by the early 19th century when pumpkins began to be viewed as quaint and rustic. Um, But also access to quality malts became more commonplace. There was kind of a revival of pumpkin beer in the 1840s being used primarily for flavor as opposed to just a full on pumpkin beer. Um, Kind of like
0: how we know it today.
1: Yeah. Um, But it never really regained its previous ubiquity. Ooh. That is until the late 1980s when Buffalo Bills Brewery began making America's original pumpkin beer using one of George Washington's recipes as an inspiration. This pumpkin lesson was brought to you by (laughs) SeriousEats.com.
0: I'd be interested to try that. It might be gross, but I always like drinking the historical beers. Like anytime Dogfish Head puts out stuff, Mm -hmm. like the Midas beer and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Oh, you were drinking that way, way back in the day.
0: It's an older beer, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Back to present day. So this year's Massachusetts-grown sugar pumpkins that were used for great pumpkin ale, and that's 180 pounds per batch, came from Lazy Acres Farm in Hadley, Massachusetts, Wilson Farm in Lexington, and the farm school in Athol. I don't know how to say that. (laughs) Wow. And great pumpkin ale is brewed with Massachusetts-grown and custom-malted barley From Valley Malt, which is also located in Hadley, Massachusetts. It clocks in at 5.5 ABV and should be served between 45 and 50 degrees in a standard pint glass. Or at least that's what they had like a picture of on their website.
0: I always appreciate when they tell us what temperature to serve it at.
1: Yeah, temperature and glass because the glass is going to affect flavor, aroma.
0: This is also true. Mm -hmm. No SRM though?
1: No SRM
0: <laughs> or IBU.
1: So what can we expect? Great Pumpkin Ale gets pretty great reviews across the board. Um, I'm actually really surprised that we've never had it before.
0: Never even heard of the Cambridge Brewing Company. Yeah, yeah maybe I've heard of them, but I have also just heard of Cambridge it's before. Something so it's not like
1: that we see on tap a lot around here, at no. least not that I recall. Or cans.
0: It's the oldest brewery. Yeah. <laughs> or oldest craft brewery. Mm-hmm. But continue.
1: So I found this nice in-depth description at beerandbrewing.com. As far as aroma, we've got strong pumpkin pie spices up front with notes of cinnamon, cloves, allspice and nutmeg, a bit of malt sweetness and brown sugar molasses balanced with just a hint of earthy hops. For flavor, this is where I got excited, (laughs) Uh, brown sugar and caramel malt sweetness up front, followed by pumpkin pie spices that aren't too heavy handed, but serve to accentuate the pumpkin flavors. Clove dominates first and then fades while faint cinnamon adds a spicy touch. <laughs> Residual sweetness continues through the finish for a decidedly sweet beer without being cloying. Mild hop bitterness helps to balance the sweetness and provide some earthiness. Overall, this is a beer that's reminiscent of pumpkin pie. It's a bit lighter in the spectrum, but it still has a lot of character. Great body and pleasant sweetness are the highlights of this brew, while a clean finish makes it easy to drink. Sounds pretty good to me.
0: Ooh. <laughs> shall we?
1: We shall. Alright, let's see how well we can crack it.
0: Crack it. Open. Open. Nice. I smell pumpkin. Me too. I got to move my microphone closer. It's going to make a noise.
1: Well, thank you for doing it. All fair. I always
0: <laughs> try. Or you can keep it because it's funny. Whatever.
1: <laughs> it is slightly lighter in color than I would expect. Mm. Although very orange. It's like,
0: about what I'd expect.
1: A very satisfying orange.
0: When they said it was going to be lighter... I expected lighter. That is that is not that light. That's that's about average.
1: It's still, I would say, lighter than Rosemary's um, Baby is
0: definitely darker.
1: Rosemary's darker. I feel like Thimble Islands Pumpkin is darker. Well, they're and a porter, I so yeah. Also, think Pumpkin is darker as well from Southern Tier.
0: Now, unfortunately, I didn't have any Southern Tier Pumpkin this year. Southern Tier hooked me up with some. If you got it, we're all out around oh, here, God. and I need some. I need some bad man. This is yeah. the first year in... Whenever you started shipping them to the Connecticut that I haven't had one.
1: Ah, uh, not true. There was one year where we were like it seemed like every restaurant that we went to that had it on their draft list was like, Oh no, sorry, it kicked.
0: <laughs> no, I ended I did have it for one glass though. Okay. I at least had one glass, if not a bottle. This year done though. <laughs> but this is darker than the shipyard pumpkin. It is. For sure. Shipyard and Pumpkin's probably the lightest one.
1: I can't remember what about post road pumpkin ale? Um, from Brooklyn
0: I think this is about on par with the post road if I remember yeah. correctly for anyone wondering what we're talking about check out our Halloween episode last year the great pumpkin beer fest oh, yeah. or whatever we called it where we drank <laughs> a ton of pumpkin beers a lot
1: of pumpkin over,
0: beer I think we split it for two episodes right We did,
1: yeah.
0: two episodes of pumpkin beer although we recorded it in one session so we got destroyed
1: or actually that might have been one episode and then we split the Christmas beers into two
0: I don't remember, but you can check out our Halloween episode. Either way, yeah, pumpkin beers. This was not one of them. That's why I was excited about this yeah, because that's we why had we were, so many last year that we thought we did it. We thought yeah, we, we thought won. we
1: covered our bases last year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh so that's why I'm so excited about this one. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I smell when we open the cans without even smelling this glass is is the pumpkin. pumpkin. Just straight up pumpkin. And it's definitely got a pleasant pumpkin fall aroma.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say there's one pervasive spice or smell pumpkin. Aside yeah, aside from <laughs> aside from pumpkin.
0: The little bubbles. Pretty clear. A, a not nice,
1: not a hazy boy. Not a big me. head,
0: but I don't know if we've ever had a pumpkin beer that's had a lot of head. No. But it does have a little bit of a Which, froth on top. Yeah. A little bit of foamy.
1: I'm a little surprised considering like I don't know how they balance the all the sugars that come naturally with the pumpkins, especially if they use like literally 180 pounds of straight up pumpkin meat per batch. Like, how does that affect? Because when when we made our, our own beer, we added a little bit too much sugar by accident. And all of a sudden it was like super carbonated.
0: But we're also using smaller batches and yeah, a different, different methods of fermentation and stuff yeah. than they are. This though, if you look in the glass, seems to have quite a bit of carbonation, smaller bubbles. It the does. beer is darker, so you can't really see, but it does have a decent amount of carbonation. Not a big head of froth, but this boy's carbonated for sure. <laughs> Time to drink it.
1: Clink it. Cheers. And drink it.
0: Can't say that's TM, TM, TM. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is seriously easy drinking. They were not getting.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have the bite that you expect from a pumpkin beer.
1: No, I think this. Mm, I don't want to speak too fast, but this might be the most drinkable pumpkin beer that I've had. Okay. it's. I know your heart is with Rosemary's.
0: Oh, I understand is not the most drinkable. It's not for everybody. I think Rosemary's is still Rosemary's and Pumpkin are still tied for number one. And Mm -hmm. that's going to be tough for anybody to beat. Sorry, Cambridge Brewing. This is (laughs) this is good, though. This is easy drinking. But I would say that the Shipyard
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and the Post Road Pumpkin were both also pretty easy drinking. That's true. There's something about it, though, that's a little more than just like easy drink. It it definitely has this bitterness, but not on the tongue, but in the back of my mouth.
1: I think that's the earthiness they were talking about that balances the really sweet notes that you get right up front.
0: Definitely earthy. It's it doesn't hit the top, the front of my tongue at all.
1: No, you're right. It just hits like the, the mid sides for me.
0: Yeah. Again, the back of my mouth and the sides and nothing at the tip, tip of my tongue. Except the
1: carbonation, like the sensation of carbonation.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a liquid. It's got hints of trying to be, not like it's trying to be, it came first. so I can't say it's trying to be, but it's got (laughs) hints of what you get from a Rosemary's baby, that heavy spice. Yeah. And I think maybe that earthiness also kind of is almost like the barrel aging that uh, Rosemary's goes through.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So that makes sense then that you would be getting vanilla off this because Rosemary is aged in bourbon barrels.
0: Right, but that doesn't say that this is aged in any kind of barrels. No, it's not. Or this is just this is just the spices remind me of vanilla. Mm-hmm. But I think that earthiness also gives it part of that earthy, when you say earthy, is woodsy and that that mm-hmm. kind of comes through as well. Yeah. So the spices and that woodsiness kind of makes it akin to a Rosemary in terms of flavor compared to the other beers that we had last year, from mm-hmm. what I can remember in the yeah. in the back of my head. Obviously, I don't have all eight or nine beers or whatever we had in front of me right now. Yeah. But- I have and rosemary still quite often. Just, just a side, side
1: note: rosemary that we're referring to is Rosemary's Baby from Two Roads Brewing, which is distributed now mostly throughout the U.S. Like I, I have a friend out in Colorado that was able to acquire it. So,
0: oh no, they they ship that out to all the states that are, it's available. Check them out if you can still find it. Yeah, I know a lot of our local liquor stores have already gone. Halloween's over; it's Christmas time. Yep. <laughs> a two-beer industry, a two. <laughs> but yeah, that this is something close to the Rosemary's in terms of a beer, if you're trying to compare it to something. As far as what I know, I don't think it's close to like a shipyard. No. Uh, which is a little sweeter, a little more on the sweet end, and a little bit mm-hmm. more on the light end. Yeah. It's definitely not a Thimble Island, which is a porter.
1: I'm kind of already in love with this beer. It's not overly sweet. It's not overly spiced or bitter that this is so well balanced. It just has a hint of everything.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's definitely a little toned down. I think it's, a, it's almost not, too toned down. It's for not you. what I'm looking for in a pumpkin beer. I'll be okay. honest. I want my pumpkin beer to be pumpkin. I want it yeah. to be.
1: And I do appreciate the super pumpkin-y beers. You know, I'll have a glass of rosemary. I'll have a glass of pumpkin. I'll have a glass of, of shipyard. But I think this for me is supremely drinkable just in the fall, in the fall feelings. <laughs>
0: See, I think the bitterness that I'm getting on the back end, it's not as easily drinkable as for me as it is maybe for you. Oh, Not like a shipyard you can guzzle, guzzle down, mm-hmm. but you still get a lot of that pumpkin spice. This is still a lot of pumpkin, which I think slows you down, which I think hits you in the bitterness a little bit. Mm-hmm. That I, I just, I think it's missing something. And it's hitting the, the back of my mouth and it's giving me these tingles in the back of my mouth, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah. But it's I, also I like it.
0: almost like a metallic-y thing as well. Hmm. Well, it's not bad by any means. I just don't think it's what I'm looking for in a pumpkin beer.
1: That's fair.
0: But it is very different. And you can definitely tell they put a crap ton of pumpkin in this. Yeah. I do love the carbonation, though. I really it's really yeah. It's really, really well carbonated. Mm-hmm. I really like those little bubbles hitting my tongue the whole time through. This is mo- one of the most well-carbonated fall ales I think I've ever had.
1: Yeah. Superb mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it really is because a lot of the times you get these ales and they're like so heavy or so dank or maybe even so light that the bubbles are bigger. Mm-hmm. Like Shipyard's great, but the bubbles are, are, are a lot bigger. So it's not as much little carbonation, you know, yeah. in there. And then you get other beers like Rosemary's, like Thimble. With, again, Thimble's a porter, so it's different. Yeah. But there's, there's that heaviness to it. But roads, pumpkin, post road don't have that sharp bubbly. Yeah. Bubbliness, which I really like in in an ale when you can get it that carbonated. Mm
1: -hmm. I think maybe that's what I enjoy about it is like this tastes like an ale that you would get at like an old man's pub sitting at like a dark wood bar. But it just happens to be pumpkin. I have a, I a think very, this a very year, specific like this, mood that set is in a very mind. specific
0: mood set, but also that is not your typical like mood where you get excited about it. So I'm very interested to see how this colder season is gonna gonna go because I think you're starting to really and I you kind of started last year too. I think mm-hmm. you're really getting into ales a lot more than you were now. Yes, and I'm very interested to see as we go through when it's colder, we're probably gonna drink a lot more ales and stouts, and well, obviously, we want to do that yeah. st- stout and porter episode at some point. But I think you're gonna get a lot more. Into all of these uh, beers that we start drinking, yeah.
1: Which I'm kind of, I'm excited for. In that same vein, the ales that are going to come out for Christmas time, even though it's way too early at this point to be thinking about <laughs> them.
0: <laughs> I was. The smell is very good. I do really like the smell of the mm-hmm. beer as your face goes in to drink it because it's so pumpkin forward. I'd in buy terms a of the candle smell. of this. Oh yeah, if you lit a candle of this, it would smell like it would smell like fall in your house. Yeah. Your candle could only be lit from mid-October to through November, though. It's a one and a half month candle.
1: (laughs) Burn the shit out of it. Oh, crap. I haven't broken out any of my fall
0: candles. (laughs) You fool. Also, it's not not a bad beer.
1: No, I think this is excellent.
0: I know you really like it. I'm glad you really like it. (laughs) I, I don't think this is tops on my list of the pumpkin beers. But again, it just proves that I don't think I've ever had a pumpkin beer I don't like, though.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Like, this is lower on my list, but it's still good. But mm-hmm. It's still drinkable. It still smells fantastic. Is it hard to really fuck up a pumpkin beer? I don't know. Has there been a pumpkin beer that someone has really just ruined and has released to the <laughs> world? And it's just like, oh, don't have that one. No one wants that. I'm no sure. one wants natty light pumpkin. <laughs> ugh.
1: Like Natty Daddy.
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> like 8%. Oh,
0: yeah. I like the carbonation. I like the smell. That the color is nice. Mm-hmm. I think the balance of the sweetness and the the malts, and the spice, the, uh, the and, the spice malts. and the malts and everything, they keep it balanced and not like sickeningly sweet with the amount of pumpkin they put in it is good. Mm-hmm. I just think that there's this bitterness in the back end that I just really can't get over that I'm not a huge fan of.
1: I think that's what I dig. Which is, is it's very really, interesting. It's really sweet at first and then it balances out with that, that earthiness, that bitterness and the super carbonation and... Ah, I'm just, I'm really digging this beer, like, a lot.
0: Now, we had very different opinions on what was best last year for the pumpkin beers. Mm -hmm. Is this better than post-road pumpkin, in your opinion? Because that was your tops last year.
1: See, I feel like I have that glorified in my mind. I would love to do a side-by-side. I don't know which would come out on top. And I'm thoroughly regretting not grabbing it when I saw it a couple weeks ago.
0: As you should. I'm regretting not getting that 24, like warehouse case of the Rosemary's baby <laughs> when i saw it i was like i should have just gotten it
1: yeah but we we have the luxury of the brewery being 20 minutes away from us so that's true we can we don't have to worry about our our local package store is supplying it for now for now
0: <laughs> so yeah that's all i got on this time for the can
1: time for the can which is also great
0: <laughs> so the can is very interesting it's a, it's low key it's why i like it It's also something like I noticed it like from far away when we were at the liquor store. Mm -hmm. I still have some in my can. Hold on. So do I. Oh man, I thought I filled it all the way.
1: These are tall boy cans. So they, although it is recommended to be poured into a pint glass, the cans that were available to us do not fit in a pint
0: glass. That's very interesting. Aren't these 16 ounce cans? (laughs) Overfilled. So the cans have, are not what you'd expect from a pumpkin beer. They're blue. Like a. Blue turquoise. Yeah.
1: It doesn't scream fall or Halloween.
0: Blue turquoise stripes going down, eye. darker and lighter stripes, black rimmed top and bottom, almost like markered or painted on mm-hmm. with the CBC logo, which is literally the logo of CBC mm-hmm. with like some rays coming off of it, established 1989 on the top. Within the, stri- the turquoise stripes is a kind of faded orange pumpkin that's been mm-hmm. smashed. And in the smashed pieces... Written in like handwriting are the great pumpkin ale on all, each word is on a different piece. In the very background is a guy walking away whistling <laughs> while carrying a giant axe <laughs> uh, in the distance. And then on the bottom of the can, it says also in a weird handwriting, which is very Halloween y Tim Burton handwriting. It is. It says ale brewed with pumpkin and spices.
1: Like, I can't decide whether it reminds me more of Charlie Brown Halloween. Style
0: The faded orange is definitely very Charlie Brown. Yeah. But the bright blues is like a tropical beer. And I think that's what drew me to it because it's on, it was on the shelf for the fall beers and mm-hmm. it was the only blue thing there. So yeah. it's just like, what is that? And then I said with the orange, obviously that makes the orange pop though. I think it does because it's faded orange.
1: Yeah. They're complementary colors.
0: Well, also it's a faded orange. Mm-hmm. So you look at it and that faded orange really kind of like, Okay, it's still, that's pumpkin. Yeah. It's not like a tropical orange.
1: I would be very interested to see, seeing as this beer has been around for so long, how the can art slash bottle art has evolved over time. The
0: evolution of the can? Yeah. I wonder if they
1: have like- If the if the recipe has stayed the same, has the, has the art stayed the same?
0: I wonder if the brewery, did you see pictures of their brewery? Do they have like old cans from their 30 years of existence throughout the- uh- They
1: didn't really have a lot of pictures of like the inside or anything. Uh.
0: That'd be interesting. We I, I we've never gone to a brewery that old, like a craft brewery that no, old. No,
1: and I will say they're because they are a brew pub.
0: Their food looks good. Their food looks so good. <laughs> That's interesting that they're allowed to release all their beers to liquor stores, though. In what way? Can't you not do that to liquor stores if you're a brew pub in Connecticut?
1: Oh, I don't know. Maybe they have multiple licenses.
0: Mayhaps. I don't I know. know. I don't know how it works. Maybe I'm just making you, up. I always thought brew pubs were only allowed to do.
1: Well, you, you're, well, no, you're more fish, of an expert in the area of
0: liquor laws. Liquor laws. Yeah. So <laughs> well, that that can't be true because Dogfish Head is also a brew pub, I believe. OK. So and I obviously. We've, we've covered a lot time. of
1: brew pubs. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it just differs between states and licenses.
0: Well, it also maybe they were a brewery first and then opened a pub later. Mm hmm. There's also our local Brewport, which we haven't done an episode on yet,
1: no, but we should we
0: should um and Brewport doesn't release elsewhere either. that's true, but they did start canning, so maybe that's the start of it mm-hmm. with their own labels and everything
1: now did they start canning pre covid or post?
0: see that's what I don't know because it, I know they
1: did it rowlers, didn't take long like, for rowlers, those cans. To, it
0: did. didn't take long for those cans to come out, yeah. I know that, but they did do crowlers, So maybe they just shrunk their labels. Yeah. So maybe it was still a response to COVID, but it was like only a few weeks after they were like, Hey, get these regular cans. Yeah. So maybe they knew, or maybe they didn't like, or not new. <laughs> they're like, they knew it was coming. Yeah. No, no. Maybe <laughs> That's they, not I'm maybe they were already going to start canning yeah, it was already like six packs planned, and stuff like that.
1: Like in the works. Yeah.
0: Or maybe they're just, maybe their Crowler machine, their label maker was already ready Has to go in capability. terms of, Yeah. Yeah, kind of like Dockside was able to pivot and make cans when they weren't planning to. They were very quickly but able to they get a canning, out a canning Maybe Brewport did the same.
1: Yeah, that's
0: true. But we're getting off track here. Yeah. So <laughs> this place has been around for 30 years, so they clearly have already had all these plans and mm-hmm. went through the processes and all that. The Great Pumpkin Ale on the right side of the can. New England's first pumpkin ale is still brewed with Massachusetts-grown fresh whole sugar pumpkins. I want to know what a whole sugar pumpkin looks like. Compared to a regular pumpkin. Or is that just like a regular... I
1: think they just it, don't take the think sugar's sugar, out of it? I think sugar pumpkins are what we think of as pumpkins. Okay.
0: This year's crop came from Lazy Acres Farm in Hadley and in the farm school in Athol. Athol, Massachusetts. Added to the brew house and augmented by just a touch of cinnamon and allspices, well-balanced beer, welcomes the seasons with its ruddy amber hue and autumnal aroma. All hail the original Great Pumpkin. That's definitely a Great Pumpkin reference. <laughs> CBC was founded in 1989 in Kendall Square, Cambridge, where we've been crafting classic, unique, and experimental beers ever since. Thanks for supporting Authentic Craft Beer. Cheers. And then they've signed the can. Phil and Will, which I'm guessing are the brewmasters or the owners, or... Correct. 1.5.5 5 alcohol by volume. And then another CBC logo, which is different than the CBC logo on the top. And I kind of like this one on the bottom better.
1: That's the one on the website.
0: It says CBC, and then on the left... There's just beer rings, mm-hmm. like if you left your beer on a yeah. counter for too long. And I think that's without a, much, a coaster. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a much more interesting and fun logo than the CBC logo at the top. And then like most breweries or not most breweries, like many breweries, their can on the right side, left side has the barcode emblazoned as their state's outline. In this case, Massachusetts, it's got the Independent Craft Brewers Association well stamp on there. Yes. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. <laughs> what does it take to be part of the Brewers Association to get the independent craft on the bottom? Because I've noticed most, most of have the beers them,
1: that were, but that not we've, all. Yeah. I will have to look into that. I'm not 100% sure. Now,
0: this was brewed and canned by Wormtown Brewery, Worcester, Massachusetts, for Cambridge Brewing Company. That's right.
1: Wormt- oh, so that's the it one that we just have in the fridge else. right now. The Be Hoppy mm-hmm. is Wormtown. Yep. Ha ha.
0: Interesting. How big is, they didn't say anything, about how many vats they have or anything?
1: No. Unfortunately.
0: Be wondering how many flavors they do at, at any one time that they had to the actually same. go out and brew somewhere else for that.
1: Yeah. Like, like I said, they, they've gotten accolades for many, many different styles of beer, but they didn't say like how many they have on draft at any one time. Or what their uh how big their barrel system is. Hmm.
0: Well, that's all I got on the can.
1: <laughs> I'm just enjoying this beer.
0: So that was Cambridge Brewing Co's Great, great
1: Pumpkin Ale. Well done. Highly recommend.
0: I recommend. <laughs> <laughs> you check out the other pumpkin episode as well and consider this an expansion to that
1: episode. Shameless plug, yeah. <laughs> And look forward to the next few weeks. We will also be featuring more pumpkin beer.
0: Yeah, I wanted to keep it spooky for the next couple months. Yeah. More weeks. Halloween type stuff. Maybe we'll even have more Halloween type stuff to talk about afterward. But for now, we're going to go into our pop culture news and reviews.
1: Since it's been a
0: minute. uh, It's been like five minutes. It's been a while. <laughs> so we want to talk about the season finale of The Boys Season 2. The Boys. Because last year I said it was one of my favorite shows of last year. And guess what? It's one of my favorite shows of this year. Yeah.
1: Like, so at that point in time when you were reviewing it, I had not watched anything.
0: No, you watched the first two episodes with me and stopped watching Uh, it and you didn't care.
1: Yeah. So I took a break, re-binged everything. And I would say that the sophomore season, which is usually... The slump time was as strong, if not stronger, than the original than the first season.
0: Season twos are always better than season ones. Season three sucks (laughs) in every show.
1: So Uh, is the sophomore slump only true for bands' albums?
0: Apparently, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't think that's true for TV shows at all. Mm. Uh, I depends on the show, I guess. Like, there's like probably one hit wonders that don't keep going after that once they lose their their jam like right off the top of my head heroes but if a show keeps going it's because their season two was very very good uh if a show ends it's probably because their season two blew (laughs) uh the boys season two i would say i would agree with you though it's 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 certainly more exciting Mm -hmm. it's certainly more fun it's certainly it went
1: more into depth with every character we learned more about like each individual character than we did the previous year
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and expanded upon them and made them more, more exciting, more dynamic.
0: What I would say to that is you're looking at a show that's only eight episodes for two seasons. Yeah. That's even less than the truncated 12 or 16 episode seasons that have become the norm on these streaming platforms. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at the boys as a whole, eight episodes isn't really a lot to get into the meat and potatoes. Yeah. So now they're finally able to. But within eight episodes last season, they did a whole lot. They did. To make you like or hate characters. This season, they expanded upon it. I will say they did a fantastic job on Stormfront. Yes. Because within eight episodes, they were really able to have her whole character go through an arc while introducing her and her backstory at the same time. Mm -hmm. Whereas every other member of the boys and stuff, although that's a lot more members, and Homelander and Maeve and Starlight and the Deep (laughs) all have... (laughs) I'll have a lot more because that's a lot and of characters A-Train to go through. And black whereas, noir, yeah, an A train, black noir, they don't really go into. Yeah,
1: not yet, at least. I think A train mostly took a backseat. <laughs> all we know about Black Noir is he has a tree nut allergy. He has a tree
0: nut allergy, <laughs> and we found out he is black, which is different than the original comic.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, which I'm not going to spoil for anybody there, but it does change the dynamic of how the comic is and mm-hmm. who Black Noir would be. When you mentioned A train, I don't think A train really. I was a little disappointed with how much A Train had to do this season.
1: Yeah, it kind of seemed like he was he was brought in when it was convenient, and then like we still don't know a whole lot about him aside from him having dated uh, what's her name with the claws.
0: You kind of know about his backstory and his brother. I'm talking more about his current situation and just him in general, okay. like his his emotion and his his how he feels about everything. He's only in those scenes with the deep. He's yeah. out, you know he wants back in. Yeah. But it also seems very convenient that the very first two episodes, he can run super speed for 20 feet mm-hmm. and then his heart almost gives out every time. Yeah. He's constantly having a, and a near heart And then all of a sudden attacks. he's like,
1: I'm fine, I'm fine.
0: Exactly. And he's good enough to join the church and he's okay and yeah. he's going to be, he's running around the city searching for Huey and Starlight at one point.
1: Mm-hmm. To deliver the... um
0: to, to deliver some information and it's just... You don't really get a lot about him. True. And obviously toward the end, you know, he does a good good thing, but he also murdered his girlfriend in the first season.
1: Yeah. And Huey's
0: manslaughtered Huey's. uh, He didn't really murder Huey's girlfriend. He manslaughtered Huey's girlfriend. Uh, It was an accident. It was
1: an accident, (laughs) but he didn't cop to it.
0: He didn't get. Well, no, he did because they gave him the check. And A-Train wasn't uh, was held responsible at all. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is more the legal system than anything, but yeah. A-Train did straight up murder Popclaw, his girlfriend in season one. Mm, so I was too. a little disappointed with that because I really liked A-Train in the first season, and I still really like A-Train because I don't see him as, well, he's Huey's arch-villain, he's Huey's homelander to, I think, Butcher's home, to, like,
1: yeah, to the Butcher. That's true.
0: But I feel like now maybe Huey isn't as gotta get A-train as everybody else and I don't see A-train as an actual villain. Obviously he is he, not he a good guy, up,
1: but yeah. yeah,
0: and he murdered and he's bad.
1: But I wouldn't put him necessarily on the same level as some of the other members of the Seven.
0: Homelander? Like,
1: yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> just Homelander
0: really. That's that's the thing Is like everybody hates the Seven. Because they get away with stuff, but they only, other than A Train murdering somebody, they really get it just away with like rock star crap and yeah. celebrity crap. Homelander the only true villain. Yeah, <laughs> Black Noir <laughs> like just actual terrible person. Yeah, Black Noir is just a dog on the leash for Vought. Mm-hmm. And you do see a lot of Black Noir this season, which I really liked because yeah. a lot of his stuff he, was really funny. He really
1: funny. wasn't like <laughs> a main focus last season, so I was I was happy to see more about him this season.
0: It's nice when you have a superhero whose whole thing is he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of this, these very like dark comedy moments with this guy who's mm-hmm. like essentially the Batman of the group, uh but he's like an immortal, unstoppable Batman, uh, except he has a tree nut allergy. <laughs> the deep was really good too. Uh, I really like the deep story
1: this season. It's, it's such a good mix of comic relief while also like holding with the. The drama of the the show itself.
0: Yeah. He's definitely the moment you cut away f- to for levity. Yeah. But it never feels out of place on the show. No. So he drinks a lot of Fresca because the Fresca. evil church drinks <laughs> Fresca. How do you feel about that?
1: <laughs> I'm hurt personally because Fresca is my soda of choice.
0: <laughs> I think it's really I, interesting that very, Fresca let them do it though like Coco's yeah. like oh yeah have Fresca be the evil church's drink of choice yeah
1: associate it <laughs> with a cult that's fine yeah
0: oh yeah cult I said evil church it's more of a cult than an evil church but
1: I'm also interested was that label like their actual logo at some point because that's not their label now what's on their, on their what's on their cans in the boys is completely different from what you see on Fresca in cans now
0: I think it's the label before that. Okay. I think I'm pretty sure the deep is really interesting in that he's kind of like the boys has tackled so much celebrity stuff mm-hmm. and it's really interesting to see that the deep is now tackling essentially the Scientology uh, end yeah. of it or the, the, the more like cult churchy end of it, not just mm-hmm. Scientology, but obviously there's a lot of talk about churches like what Chris Pratt belongs to and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. these weird fringe group uh, churches and what they do and the power they have over people. Yeah. So I think that's that's a really interesting way to explore it. I guess Eric Kripke, who's the executive producer on the show, says next season The Deep is going to be like Leia Ramini.
1: Oh, Uh, So
0: that's kind of his job. It's going to be to take down the church (laughs) because they screwed him over. (laughs) So I think all that stuff with The Deep is really good. And I love when he's on Mushrooms. And I love that they gave um, Patton Oswalt the cameo appearance that he got. You are
1: so beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> That's
0: that will forever be how I see that song now yeah. for the rest of my yep. life. They have ruined that song for me in the best way. <laughs> uh, but I love also like the serious stuff on the show. I love Becca and Butcher. Yes, and their relationship on the show. Like when once Butcher finds out that she's alive, obviously at the end of it's, season one. Yeah, it's all so that stuff complicated, between them. But it really gives this drama to Butcher, this humanity, I guess, to him that you wouldn't normally see.
1: Exactly. He's not just this like angry person, like one hundred percent like you you can tell that he actually has
0: Somewhere deep down feelings. <laughs> There's a soul.
1: And we also learn about how he feels about Huey is comparable to his feelings about his brother who his has little brother, yep. And how he kind of reins him in.
0: So it's interesting to see how it'll work with within the guise of the comic book, because in the comic book that stuff wasn't there. Becca mm-hmm. was dead. From the start of the comic book. Um, you know Ryan didn't his um, Becca's son Ryan didn't exist because Butcher killed him as soon as she, he was birthed because the kid kills Becca in the in yeah. the womb and starts murdering the doctors because of his laser eyes so Butcher mushes the baby.
1: Yeah. And we, <laughs> we saw him basically almost give the kid away this season anyway.
0: I'm trying not to get into like yeah. major major spoilers. Oh
1: sorry.
0: Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but it's very interesting to see all that kind of emotion. And cause like, I, like I was saying, I think the it comic, serves the
1: characters better. In the comic, he's basically
0: the main villain of the comic, though. Oh, in wow. the comic, he's, he goes so off the deep end that he becomes the main villain of the comic. Wow. But that's, he doesn't have those that relationship with Huey. He doesn't have that relationship with Becca anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have any of this emotional connection to the rest of everything else. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if the show kind of changes that because that might work in a comic where mm-hmm. you're reading very briefly yeah. scenes with people, but doesn't work so well when you're watching a one hour show where he's probably one of the top four characters that you, fo- you follow. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there are really any main, I'd say maybe Huey's probably still the main character, Yeah, but you follow pretty much a few characters equally and he's one of them. So it really doesn't work there in terms of seeing a human being being that evil. hmm so it will be interesting to see if they change how that works. And Homelander as well, as psychopathic oh and horrible he and deplorable as he awful. is and murdering and You do everything. get those
1: little moments where you learn something about him that gives him a slightly more human aspect where you're like, eh.
0: You hate him, but you also pity him, yeah, which is really interesting. which you don't normally see in a villain like that mm-hmm. is that he really could have been the superman of this world yeah if he was given
1: the right the upbringing. right upbringing,
0: which is like and then you look at Vaughn it's just like how could you have put a kid in a lab? yeah why couldn't you have given him the farm that you put on TV? Mm-hmm. if that's what people would have preferred, why didn't you do that? Which is clearly what they're trying to do with like Ryan and Becca throughout all of season two, mm-hmm. is just uh, oh we're learning from our mistakes. Anyone could have told you a kid needs parents. Yeah, like, anybody could have. Duh. And Homelander is just so even not to Homelander be knows by a that. Yeah. and his scenes with Ryan are touching this season. Like yeah, maybe not when he shoves him off the roof like in the trailer, <laughs> but.
1: When he apologizes for it.
0: When <laughs> he apologizes for it. The scene where Ryan is, is, sees, you know, a ton of people for the first time and freaks out. and Yeah. And home letter, home like
1: literally just like rushes in and, and yeah, takes sweeps him out, him away. Yeah.
0: You can tell he cares about the kid and it's like so weird. But then he's fucking a Nazi and it's like, yeah. <laughs> come on. Which Aya Cash, who plays Stormfront this season. Oh, she's. She did such a good job. So good she comes in with so much spunk and charisma mm-hmm. that you can see why she has all the followers she has. Mm-hmm. And like, I knew this because I knew the comic. I knew.
1: You knew where it was. I going. knew where it was going. I it, was just kind of suspicious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's just like, I was just like, hmm, well, maybe she's not as, and then there's this scene where she's taking apart an apartment building. It's like, Oh no. Yep. Nope. That's pretty much right. <laughs> <laughs> but she does such a good job. And then as her turn goes to become the villain of the season, mm-hmm. she just she doesn't so oh. good a job like Homelander of making her fucking you fucking hate her. Mm-hmm. So when she when they finally have the fight, the battle at the end of the season,
1: it's very which you, satisfying, which you love. Yes. Girls get it done.
0: <laughs> which is the which is ironically at the beginning of the season in the second episode. Mm-hmm. That's the tagline for the new movie. Yeah. And then they don't bring it. They don't really they don't
1: they they hammer s- it into your brain, but they on touch it. on it.
0: And then they like bring it back in a keep big it in way. In the, the end. back of
1: your mind, but yeah, oh, when they bring it back at the end, it's it's so good.
0: I also read a review that said that Maeve didn't get a lot to do, that she was kind of sidelined this season. I thought her whole story was pretty good this I've season. I liked her
1: personal development. Yeah, I, yeah. A
0: lot of people were like, Oh, she got shafted. I thought a Train got shafted. Yeah. For what a Train went through and what he knows about Starlight and the mm-hmm. crew. I feel like he kind of got sidetracked, which he still has a decent amount to do. But I think Maeve had a I liked her story.
1: Well, she developed more as a person than a superhero. This, which is what the
0: show, I think, is more about.
1: Yeah, especially when you're already established. Yeah,
0: but I just, I just didn't. uh, That was an IGN review. Yeah, and they said that like every episode review that they did was like, oh, Maeve got sidelined. Oh, her story is not that Mm -hmm. great. It's a personal story. It's a story that you began in season one. Yeah, her most important storyline was her relationship with her ex girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and you continued that throughout the show to the point where. As well as the fact that she didn't believe she was a hero anymore. Mm. And coming to terms with, does it matter? Is there such things as heroes? Yeah. And like, I, I like that story. But yeah, I thought season two is great as well. And I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad <laughs> you watched season one as fast as you did.
1: Yeah. So well, I didn't have to a- wait
0: too long to watch season two with you. I'm we were kinda, caught up with it.
1: As much as I regret not having continued watching it with you when we started it initially, it was really nice to be able to binge two seasons. <laughs>
0: That is true. What, what shows did he do? I did that with another show. Oh, Good Place, because you
1: yeah, oh, yeah. were watching a Good Place. I remember, and I was yeah. like, you know
0: what? Let me give it a try, because everybody, everybody obviously talks about how good Good Place is. So I was finally like, I got a bunch of time before the last season. Let me catch up to it with mm-hmm. you. And it was nice to be able to be like, binge a show, but then also still watch the last season up to up to the point so yeah. I'm caught up so I don't get spoiled, which is nice. But yeah, Boys Season 2. Amazing! We didn't even talk about Lamplighter. How good a job did Sean Ashmore do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love briefly, Sean Ashmore too. Yeah, like that was—he did such a good job. And next season, they're bringing Jensen Ackles in as <laughs> Soldier Boy, and Soldier Boy is essentially the Captain America of the world of the boys. He's essentially <laughs> Homelander. He's the first leader of the superheroes.
1: I'm very excited. Like, so
0: we'll see how yeah, how messed we, up he is because he's from the 40s. So what is A Homelander-esque attitude plus a hundred years due to a person. Like, how does that really affect somebody? And apparently the first episode is a flashback episode to his group. So you get to see all of of Soldier Boy's groups and all the superheroes that were part of him. Which I believe, at least in the comics, included Tech Knight, which I'm interested in. Because Tech Knight is essentially the Iron Man of the group. He has no powers. He's just... Like a rich dude with a with a super suit, which is okay. the, we haven't seen on the boys yet. So like Batman, <laughs> and <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Batman. I think Black Noir is more Batman, even though he has superpowers. Yeah. He's really more like Iron Man. But we haven't seen a soup that doesn't have powers yet. True. We haven't seen any. I guess. What was the what was the show where they called them capes? Some where they call them capes. But essentially, he's like all right. almost like a Watchmen kind of thing. Yeah. Like no one has real like other than Doctor Manhattan. No one had superpowers. Superpowers. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see their take on that. But yeah, so check out The Boys season three. They hope it'll film in 2021. I know they're already writing the shows right now. It's amazing. Check out the first two seasons on Amazon Prime.
1: And check out The Grey Pumpkin Ale by Cambridge Brewing Company.
0: I see what you did there. (laughs) Elise's favorite pumpkin beer.
1: It might just be. (laughs) And thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or, you know, more just wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kraken1Open or shoot us an email at kraken at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, especially if you are a brewery that would like us to cover one of your beers because we want to hear from you. You got any plugs?
0: I got audiobooks on Audible. Check those out. My name is Michael Butler on Audible. No... Three names, no weird last names, no <laughs> nothing. Michael, initials, yeah, just look me up. Got a couple horror books out there.
1: It's spoopy time,
0: it is spoopy time. Go pick them up, read them, listen to them. Yeah, I'll read them for you. <laughs> uh, then I've got. Two other podcasts I do have. I got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field where we talk about films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film or maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. We release Forgotten Cinema every Wednesday and we have an awesome commercial on our social media page every Thursday. We think it's awesome. They're funny. I mean, come on. Uh, You can find us all over social media at Forgotten Cinema Pod or Forgotten Cinema and podcast.com and check us out wherever podcasts are available. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I've also got two player bros, a podcast I do with my buddy Dave, who we're two guys who play way too many video games. Join us every Thursday as we talk about the latest in video games, news, reviews, or previews, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, VR. We have it all. We play it all. We review it all. Check us out every other week. Join us for post-game, where we do a deep dive into your favorite new game or modern classic, and we talk about how it was made, our opinion on the game, and the story as well. That's two player bows available at twoplayerbros.com or wherever podcasts are available. <sighs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 and a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reckert. Until next time, cheers. cheers. <laughs>